1: Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It is the 25th of August, 2016. This, my friends, is our last episode in the month of August, which means, honest to goodness, summer's almost gone. Get out there and enjoy it while you can. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Dave, you are. you were away from the show last week. We had a lot of fun on the show, um, but you were uh, up in Whistler doing, I guess, preparing for what one third of Canadians were doing on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, that was uh, that was that was quite a thing, uh, um, quite an event. I assume you are talking about uh, about the hip concert. The Tragically Hip show,
1: as I explained last week, last Thursday at 8:30 p.m. on Saturday, the uh, 20th. It's last Saturday. Canada closed its doors. It shut down. Um, approximately 12 million people, just in Canada, not not around the world, but just in Canada, 12 million people watched. Um, basically, uh, a band described as Canada's house band, the Tragically Hip. Perform their very final show. It was simulcast over uh, our public broadcaster CBC.ca, seen around the world, and uh, yeah, just what a what a what a concert, eh?
0: Yeah, that was that was just so well done. Um, and you know what? Credit to uh, credit to the CBC. I mean, it's it's not often that you get and 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 similar studios. I'm sure uh, different countries have them. Um, yeah, to, to be able to, to play that for three hours without commercials. Yeah, I mean certainly a testament to uh to the band themselves. So, so
1: here's a here's um, an example right of how here. important this band is in Canada. Um every year towards the end of the end of the summer in Toronto we hold the Canadian National Exhibition. Massive, massive uh sort of like a state fair for Canada, okay? Yeah. <sighs> And uh, the uh, 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 the band Jefferson Airplane was supposed to play a feature show that night at the CNE Grandstand. Okay, Jefferson Freaking Airplane, you know, like White Rabbit and talking about a revolution and a whole bunch of great oh, yeah. hits from the sixties to the present. They yep. were bumped up. To, to start this show at 5 p.m. so that they could do their show and the hip could come on at 8:30. Uh, so towards the uh, towards uh, the, 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 the beginning of the tragically hip show, my girlfriend and I were sitting in the disabled section because my girlfriend's recovering from cancer and uh, out come Jefferson airplane and we saw the, we saw the whole show sitting beside Jefferson Airplane
0: as if it couldn't have gotten better. Yeah, very, very cool.
1: Okay, busy week in uh, Google, (laughs) busy week in and around Google. Uh, I'm not sure where we want to start. I guess uh, the big news for people, uh, especially for webmasters, is Google uh, cracking down on interstitials on mobile pages. Do you got a, you yeah, got a client like this, uh, Dave, who has a, a mobile site, but for whatever reason runs an interstitial uh, across the front of the homepage?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you know what, it, it's one of those cases. I mean, I, I've got one client that, that's in that boat. Um, and, of course, you, me, everybody else we're talking to has been a user hitting the boat. Um, you know, this might be one of those final, final notices that's just like, hey, see, it is just really annoying. I understand some of the purposes of these things, but um, I, I personally 99% of the time find it uh, you know, inconvenient to me as a user. And uh, I've actually, and I'm, I'm sure you have too, if you know you're going to see that, and there's some, some popular sites in our industry that do it, if I know I'm about to hit it again, I'll just go to the next domain in the list of my search results and just go, I don't want to go to that one because I don't want to deal with that again. Especially when they're misconfigured for specific devices, and the little Xbox is over a little little too far to the right, or something, and and it doesn't you know make it easy to close and, and whatnot. So uh, yeah, i you can I'm close it without it, actually opening the advertisement, right? Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, which is of course doubly annoying. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm glad they're doing it. They've been talking about it for a while. I think it's a good move. Um, you know, from, for me as a user standpoint, which is obviously who they're, who they're catering to, I do understand how they can generate some additional revenue. We're just going to have to find some new ways to do that other than inconveniencing, a, inconveniencing a user. There are a few cases where I, I, can see them as useful, often where they're, they're driving in some, some additional points or something you don't know about that you might be interested in, in landing there, a free tool launch or something like that at, at one of the tool providers or, or whatnot. But I, I think for the most part, they're, well, convenient Goog- in most cases. Just, just uh, you know, to to to, to uh, uh, uh,
1: leave any concerns you might have. Google also sees that sometimes they might be useful. So, first of all, almost the the interstitials that cover the entire page, an intrusive pop up, an intrusive standalone, those are going to get cracked down on in mobile search results on mobile devices. Google does see um, some form of interstitials. I can never pronounce this word right <laughs> – that, uh, that are useful, ones that um, indicate cookie usage, for instance. Like, you know, in, uh, in the uh, UK and the EU, if there's a change in their privacy policy or the site is using cookies and you're a first-time visitor there, there's actually a law that says there needs to be a pop-up warning people that the site uses cookies, that there's a privacy issue. Um, and so Google Google understands that that's a, a use of an, of an interstitial that, that is uh, acceptable. Similarly, age verification. And ones that don't use too much space. I mean, it's okay to have an... A, Google understands you got to make money. It's okay to have a uh, an advertisement or a popover that takes over a little bit of space... But like you said, Dave, it's got to be easy for the user to close it, and it can't be too obtrusive. It can't take the entire screen, and if it does, then you will find your uh, your your websites, be they amplified or not, you will find your websites degraded in Google mobile search.
0: Yeah, and I can almost guarantee that for 90-plus percent of people, that's going to be a bigger hit to your ad revenue than than this extra little little smidgen you get from the, uh, from their interstitial now.
1: Now there's one, uh, one more note about this back in, uh, it was a November, some odd, 2015, uh, Google launched a, um, interstitial penalty for app installs. That's going away. They're Hmm. actually going in with a brand new, uh, brand new penalty for interstitials, uh, uh, written in the Google blog we previously explored a signal that checked for interstitials that asked a user to install a mobile app as they continue the development efforts they saw the need to broaden their focus to interstitials more generally accordingly to avoid duplication in their signals they're removing the check for app installed interstitials from the mobile friendly test and they've incorporated into this into this new signal in search now that kind of contradicts what they said earlier when they said it would only be in mobile search. So it's probably safe to assume that this is going to uh, apply across the board. But they did originally say only mobile search. I hate it when they do that.
0: Well, and I could I, I could certainly see a scenario where there is a more strict uh, sort of adherence rule when we're dealing with mobile because... You know, you know what I know, right? Like I got big fat thumbs and a tiny screen, right? Like if things are a little more difficult there, so I could see them creating a, you know, really at the end of the day, a user experience, you know, sort of criteria and going on this device where the sizing is this big and, and the difficulty to to sort of work with it is is X, um, you know, okay, then it needs to be this size, right? It can only take up, you know, let's say an interstitial on, on mobile, right? It can only take up you know, 20, 30 percent of the screen size and the X has to be, you know, an easily clickable tap size. Um, Whereas, you know, you take up my desktop, you could realistically, you could take up a good 80 percent of the thing. I don't really care because I can click X easily on it. So I could see an environment with with different rules for each, um, most certainly. And, and, you know, I could see them hitting both or, or treating them, you know, unfavorably in a lot of cases. But I think the unfavorable level could be very different because if you're taking up eighty ninety percent of my screen size on a on a mobile that pretty much covers it, and it's difficult you know in a lot of cases yeah. to actually get out of it without as you noted accidentally clicking on the ad and ending up somewhere you didn't want to be
1: which is completely mobile unfriendly yeah yeah well yeah <laughs> um did you know? According to both uh, Google and Jennifer Slag over at the SEM post, as of now, nice, 85 exactly. or so percent of mobile search results are already mobile-friendly. So what's yeah, the point in having height? a little symbol that comes up beside search results in mobile that says mobile-friendly if, you know, all but 15% are already mobile-friendly? Google's dropping the mobile-friendly tag in mobile search results.
0: Yeah, and you know what? That's great. Because <laughs> um, you're right. To, to me, as, as, a, as a website owner and you know, as a marketer, yourself as well, when that first happened, of course, it was perk, right? Great. Okay, like the first two words in my description are a sales pitch for the fact that your experience is about to be good, right? Like that's yes. how I viewed it anyway when they started introducing that tag people with mobile friendly sites. It was like, that's great. But now you're right. I mean, 85% are, you're just mixed in with a blend of people. at This point to me, it's now an inconvenience because the first two words, instead of being mobile friendly could be my sales pitch because the words mobile friendly are irrelevant now because all of them are. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm really happy about that move. I personally really like it. And it gives me a little bit of extra space to actually start to, to work in, in with my real descriptions now. So, I love it. How about you? I think it's fine. Um, a site
1: shouldn't be ranking in the mobile environment if it isn't, if it doesn't meet a number of tests for, uh, you know, mobile accessibility, mobile usability. It shouldn't be ranking there. Google said back in 2014 they were going to they were going to start weeding out websites that weren't um, mobile compliant. Well, that was two years ago. Um, the, the world has evolved quite a bit since then, and, yeah, I don't think it's a necessary tag anymore. I think most websites are already mobile compliant, and if you're not,
0: then you don't care about your users enough to get a ranking, do you? <laughs> no, and I, I think that's where the 15% probably comes in, and I have hit them on mobile, where it's like, that is the only solution. Like, okay, the webmaster should have dealt with this by now, but where the content I'm looking for isn't available somewhere else. Um, so I, I can see you hitting those. Hey, you know what? Instead of taking away, you know, some some precious real estate in my sales pitch, you know, and, and replacing it with mobile friendly instead of the description I'd like, you know, why don't you why don't you hit them now? <laughs> because it's not a perk for it to show up in my listing. So start putting mobile unfriendly right and take away a little bit of their descriptions <laughs> rather than taking away the rest <laughs> of ours. Indeed.
1: Or you know, just even you can even make it make it shorter.
0: This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> prepare to be annoyed. Um, uh, okay. So, yeah, no, um, I, I think that's great and, uh, and another uh, big move in mobile. We
1: only got a couple minutes before we got to do a, go to a commercial break. So I just want to do a quick story, uh, one that, that just jumped up. And I'm sorry, Dave, this will not have come up in your newsfeed. Um, but none of the stories that we have in front of us, we, can, we, we can't talk about any of them in just five minutes. Um, have you noticed, this, this was first seen in Google Japan, But it's spread around the world in the last couple of days. You know how Google reserves the right to change your title on the uh, search results page? Yeah. Google's been completely screwing them up in some cases. And this is something webmasters should really check into. Um, Google has been inserting weird symbols... uh, Numbers, sometimes uh, zeros instead of any text in people's titles. It doesn't happen very often, but it's happened enough in the last couple days that there's conversation about it in Webmaster World, and Barry Schwartz pick, uh, picked up on it and published it in uh, Search Engine. Uh, oh, sorry, at SE Roundtable this morning. you never seen nothing like that, have you?
0: No, no, I haven't. That's obviously a huge problem. Well. <laughs> So that um,
1: right about now, if I was an SEO sitting at home listening uh, listening to the show live, I'd be getting my client list out and just going through the domains one by one and then doing a number of keyword searches on Google to see that those domains are showing up correctly under the various keyword targets. Yeah no 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 yeah, no. no here's exactly. the, here's the kicker exactly. question Dave. If this happened to you, I mean, say you started doing that right now or doing our next commercial. What would you do if you discovered Google screwed up the title? What would you do about it?
0: You know, I think the first thing I would probably do is make a quick change to it. Just so that there's something quick to pick up. um, And then submit it. Yeah. Um, Right? See if if some change can trigger an adjustment on their end. Right, maybe and and try to analyze and and i'd have to look into this you're right i haven't seen that story specifically so i'm going off the cuff here and i I will have to read that during during the commercial break um but you know if we can see you know as as we do as seos is there a reason for that right like is there oh did i miss a keyword in there that i'm now looking at and you know if i jam that keyword into my title can i fix it kind of thing because obviously it's, it's a big problem and you might go with a I'm going to create a temporarily lackluster title <laughs> to, to fix this problem in the, in the short term. So those would be the first actions I would take. But, I mean, I, I, I may not have the exact right context. so I'll be heading over there shortly to, uh, you know, maybe after the break, come back and, and adjust as, uh, as necessary. Well, actually, that, that was the advice I was going to
1: give, too, because I really can't think of what else you can do about it. <laughs> you know, um, change your title. See if uh, Google will notice. I mean, I'm not, like, Google's not going to not going to miss that. But see if Google makes a change because of it. Um, yeah, which is all you can kind of hope for sometimes. Beyond, but beyond that, honestly, I can't. I, I can't think of what you do. It's not. You can call a phone, call them up, and say, "Hey, Google, could you fix this for me?" Um, <laughs> speaking of it's fixing just- stuff, listeners to Webcology... Uh, especially ones who are uh, audiophiles. <laughs> we get, we, we heard that you had a problem hearing us. Um, so, to Mayanne and to everybody else out there, this is probably the last show under our current studio setup. Our home studios are about to change radically. And I think you're going to be getting a much higher audio quality starting in September and moving forward. I had, I, is that weird, man. We've been doing this show for like, about almost 10 years now. And I had no idea the audio quality was bad enough
0: that people were complaining about it. No, it's interesting. And I do wonder if something's happened over time, if, if things have changed. And of course you've probably gone through a bunch of mics. I've probably, you know, I know I've gone through a bunch of different mics and headsets and, and setups and stuff. So, um, it was great to be informed of that great to be informed of, of the, the different types of problems. And, you know, great to be able to set up for some solutions. I know both of us have come up with, like, hybrid sort of, yeah, let's try and put a Band-Aid on this for right now uh, while we're waiting for the equipment. But that's excellent that, uh, that we know, and it yep. will be repaired.
1: Well, so, so to the people who wrote to Cranberry, thank you so much for uh, letting us know. It's really important that we put on a uh, high-quality show, and that, you know, it's kind of important to us that you can actually hear us. So, I think you'll, you'll hear some improvements as of next week. And again, a shout-out directly to a fellow named Megan. Thank you so much for writing The Boss. Uh, that lit a fire under us, and we're going to get this done for you. Um, friends, we've got to take a break here on Webcology on cranberry.fm. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. We're going to play you out with a little bit of the hip, but we'll be back in a few minutes after these messages.
0: It tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E-Digital.com. Are you paying
1: too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com.
0: It's time to take your ad testing out of the Mesozoic era and into the Ezoic era. Ezoic is the world's first machine learning platform creating tailored ad combinations to monetize your website our automated ad testing not only boosts ad income but increases page views improves bounce rate and will impress the user experience start your 30-day free trial today at ezoic.com and join thousands of publishers who are already earning 60 percent more with ezoic that's ezoi ezoic make your website smarter Ezoic is a Google-certified publishing partner. This
1: is Cranberry Radio.
0: Ecology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Web Ecology here on FM. It's the 25th of August, 2016. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And, uh... You know where I want to go? I want to go to that New York Times article on Facebook and politics. Did you see that uh, earlier this week, Dave?
0: Um, I had not read this specific piece. I'd read a piece on the piece. So okay, <laughs> it's interesting. It's a enough, long that you, you had forwarded me this one. Um, it was sort of an analysis. Some of the findings are, or, you know, basically based on on the same data. Really, really. Tough anyway, but you know what? I'm both interested in Facebook, and the net. And politics, so <laughs> kind of a perfect. Well, for both of us, I think.
1: <laughs> okay, first of all, I gotta strongly recommend that listeners take a fifteen-minute break sometime in the next twenty-four hours. Go to the New York Times. This was published by uh, John Herman. It was uh, put up yesterday, but it's actually part of next weekend's New York Times magazine. The title. Inside Facebook's totally insane, unintentionally gigantic, hyperpartisan partisan political media machine. And in this, uh, in this piece, New York Times writer John Herman takes us through the emergence of the partisan Facebook political pages... Explains how those pages have actually subsumed traditional news copy. Outlines how these pages, which are which are created by people who actually who often they're marketers, they don't give a damn ideologically one way or another. But these are the pages that are uh, that have headlines like "When Hillary saw this, her face went red." or this is Hillary dumps on Trump. You won't believe what happened. Th- th- those kind of pages. One's uh, uh, Red State, Political USA, Little Green Football, stuff like that. These are pages that are made by marketers designed to tick off people like me. And I, I fall for them. Or I, at least until I read this damn article, I fell for them. Because I'm, uh, I'm highly political and highly vocal on Facebook. But as it turns out, a lot of the stuff I'm reacting to... <laughs> is uh is bunk one hundred percent complete bunk put up by somebody who doesn't give a damn about the issues one way or another and is just making money off ad revenue because idiots like me react to it. <laughs> it's maddening, Dave.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's seriously. About right. uh- I know, I know, and we're, we're we're in the industry that created the problem. I'm not saying you and I or even our listeners have created this problem, but we're in the industry that did.
1: Well, yeah, you know, I, I, what bothers me, I, I, <laughs> for some, for some reason, my life trajectory seems to have taken me into uh, areas that just completely annoy the general public. Like one, I'm an SEO. We are the ghosts in mm-hmm. the machine. Uh, I I always said, I remember I must have said this to you when we were working together years ago. If people knew we'd existed, there'd be pitchforks in the streets. I'm also, (laughs) you know, highly involved in politics. Um, and yeah, it just seems everything that I get involved with is stuff that already annoys the general public. But this is even more annoying. Yeah, we, we marketers help make this problem. But I don't think any of us expected, um... That we that Facebook, social media, or even putting stupid headlines up at Facebook could actually alter and change the way political discourse happens in in, in North America. But apparently, we have.
0: Well, it, it's an interesting one. I think one of the things that we wouldn't have necessarily predicted that, that came out of this out of this piece, right? I assume it was also in this piece too, but that, that really sort of blew me away, um, was that about forty percent of people are using Facebook as as their primary news source, um, which makes it the sort of least effective (laughs) news source, right? Because we all like people who are like us, right? Like for, for, you know, a a lot of us, the majority of our friend group are people that already kind of think like us. Um, So our access to information that may actually cause us to think or change um, is... uh, you know, generally skewed a, skewed a little bit. I think one of uh, although interestingly, I, I say that in the first person I'm thinking of and, and I, I think he's a regular listener, uh, Jeremy Knopf. I, yeah. I hope I've, I've spelled, <laughs> pronounced that right. But anyway, I say it to you, buddy, because I, I, I really like him. Um, I know you do, too. And I, yeah, we actually I disagree, disagree with quite a bit fundamentally on a but I like the everything So, that is my one toehold into somebody who will tell me a, a different way of, of viewing things. So, you do get those, but the majority of my friends think a lot like I do. Um, and that is a, a bit of a problem if we're using Facebook as a news source.
1: Here's what I'm wondering you know, guys like Jeremy and Noel, why are you guys all over my Facebook page? What are you, liberals or something? you got to be liberals. <laughs> That's why they're seeing our stuff. They're closet liberals. That's that's the real thing. And you know what really bugs me? So so so, so Facebook um, will will track your political affiliations, and you can actually go see how they have you pegged. They called me a liberal, Dave. Now, I know most Americans won't get this, but in the Canadian context, I find that really offensive. I am not a liberal. <laughs> I am so far <laughs> to the left of liberal. I'm going to call you my Oh, my, name my anyway. God. <laughs> would that make you alt-left, Jim? Yeah, for
0: our, for our American friends, no. our, our liberals are our, our, our sort of center political party, generally
1: speaking. No, but would I that mean, make. i
0: call them right, Jim. <laughs> uh, no, no, no,
1: George, that would not make me alt-left. I'm just saying, if they call people like us alt-right, does that make you alt-left? No. Um, I don't know anybody in the left who actually. <laughs> Flirts with uh, Nazism as the people in the alt right, the the alt right do, straight up with a smile on their face. So no, I don't think I don't think the left has a alt section. I mean, that might be the Bernie the Bernie Sanders crowd, but they were into like you know glittering unicorn farts, not into lynchings and uh, mass hangings. I'd take I'll take glittering unicorn farts but actually I actually don't want glittering unicorn farts because they're not real either <laughs> you know so <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that was cute but I, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call myself alt left I'd call myself a socialist um. <laughs> a real one though not not not, not, not a uh, pretend one um, but again this 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 article made me look at myself, Dave, and how much time I waste yelling at the converted who already agree with me, and the only reason I'm doing it is because a marketer, who doesn't care what I say one way or another, said something with a brilliant headline that, you know, got my goat. If you folks out there, if you folks out there want to, uh, you know, make some money and have some fun while you're at it. Start a political page. You don't even got to agree with the stuff you're saying. Heck, yeah, as it turns out, a lot of the people out there who are doing these political pages don't agree with the stuff they're saying either. Start a political page. Start saying some outrageous stuff. Make sure you surround that outrageous stuff on a legitimate you know, HTML5 webpage with lots of advertisements... And make money. That's how you do it these days. <laughs> um, in the olden days, they—Dave, um, Dave, I guess the time that you and me remember—people actually looked for truth in issues. That's not a consideration in the fast-paced world of, of uh, social media anymore. They just want the heaviest burn and the fastest churn. Yeah, that's about right.
0: I mean, it's—it's it's the way these these you know well, you know it, I know it, right? It's it's the way the the monetization of this content is there. I think it, the, the I mean, just in, in my end, and we as users need to remember this. Facebook is not a primary news source. And if we can just remember that and actually seek our information from news sources, um, I, I think we'd be doing a, a, a lot better off. Um, you know what?
1: Going a, to Facebook an and looking story. for news is a lot like going to Google and typing, quote, Asterisks, asterisks, asterisks. End quote. <laughs> what was that all yeah, about? The a hidden little Google thing, search right? command. Asterisks, um, asterisks asterisk, asterisk just came up.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one, and, and we're not talking about the. Oh, you know what? Our, our American friends would know asterisks. Comic book, so um, <laughs> so uh, I was about to go that tangent, but um, it, it's an interesting one. It came out; it was a, based on a search engine journal article. I came across this because Pete Myers had, had voiced in, and you know, really, really smart guy, um, and he could not figure out what was causing it, but did discover that it, it is in fact it. And I, I recommend anybody who's sitting in a computer right now just put in two. And I did discover works without quotes too, with or without quotes. If you put in asterisk, asterisk, just that, just those two things into Google, hit enter, um, you actually will just get a listing of stuff that's right around you. Like I'm sitting in Whistler right now. Whistler Golf is the top one. Then Whistler, you know, a hotel in Whistler. Then their film festival. Then, you know, another hotel. And it's just a listing of basically all I can kind of conclude is it's some of the strongest sites from this region specifically. Like it's sort of looking at where you are and going, Let's just pick what's what's sort of strong right around you and, and, and just to guess that. Or well,
1: indeed any I purpose got to I, it. Did, I did the same search. I got the Toronto Star, Toronto.com, Toronto Sportsman Show, Toronto Public Library, Toronto International Film Festival. Now, here's the thing. I'm very interested in the Toronto Star, the Sportsman Show, the Library. And the film festival; these are those are four things that I, uh, if I don't think about daily, I think about very frequently. Could the star star search be personalized in a weird way, in in any way?
0: Well, I, I was wondering that, and actually was was having a discussion about Mary, but just because we were looking up stuff like that, and then that led to like generic searches like coffee, where I was, you know, Raid right and whistler, and it's just showing me coffee spots right around me, including ones I'd never been to or rated at all um so that was that was kind of interesting that sort of that sort of personalization level the first thing i thought of that would be interesting there if it's doing what i'm thinking it's doing which would would require more testing i only saw this yesterday and haven't had a chance to do any any significant testing on it but you're seeing different stuff i'm seeing different stuff we're all seeing different stuff a massive proxy network um you know or even if you were you know you had crawlers and 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 proxies at a variety of different locations to actually just blast out that very query um across a a massive number of locations and then provide that as a service to people basically going are you interested in knowing you know you're in this region do you just want to know you know the the top sites in that region or you know specifically seos who i can't see it for other regions unless you know i happen to have a a server there or or a Proxies, but if I wanted to now start doing link building among news sources or among for a specific other region, and I just wanted to know their stronger sites, sure, you know, you could actually provide that as a as a fairly decent service. So you know, buy me a beer, anybody who might happen to do that who's a listener right now. But um, you know, it, it'd be an interesting thing. But I think we can actually glean some information from this once it's confirmed one way or the other what it is doing. It seems to be what it is for me looking through the sites and where I am and understanding my area. Uh, but curiosity. I haven't had a chance to run it in Victoria, which is going to be interesting. You know, my hometown, where I actually know more about the individual companies and stuff. And so that'll that'll be interesting to run those tests there. And it'll be interesting as well, more and more people are getting more information on it. But it is definitely some interesting data uh, to be collecting.
1: Out of curiosity, Dave, do you still have um, your search done in Whistler, star, star, up on screen? Yeah. Okay. Whistler Black Home. Resort Municipality of Whistler, Tourism Whistler, Whistler BC Canada, uh, the Whistler Village page, then the same about Whistler, then the same summer activities. Is that what you're seeing on your screen? Nope. Okay. I just did uh, star-star Whistler, in quotes, and that's what came up for me. You and Mary both have laptops side by side, right?
0: Um, No, we actually bring our full systems with us.
1: (laughs) Oh, well then, okay, right. that's even better. Um, if you and Mary both have your desktops side by side, it'd be interesting. You guys should just, you know, conduct a, the same search at the same time. It'd be really interesting to see what came up. Again, the same star-star search. And I think that would be an experiment that could see if it was uh, personalized or not. But I love your idea with the with the, the proxy network to see what's, what's popular in other cities. That's a great idea. And uh and very likely how this search was, was found to be an issue in, or a uh, was found to be a uh usable search in the first place. You still there, Dave? was not here.
0: He's Let's, here. He's still online.
1: He is? Okay. Interesting. Um, I throw this back to the time when Microsoft took over Skype. We've been having uh, up and down issues with Skype ever since, and uh, for ten years, listeners, Skype is how Skype is how we've um, <laughs> communicated with Studio, and how Studio has distributed our signal around the world. It's all come via Skype. Microsoft took over Skype. Uh, was it like? Two years ago now, Brasco, and uh, we've been having Skype weirdness pretty much ever since. I
0: think Dave has just dropped off the call, but no, it's he's back, back, on, again. He's well, back on again. He's back on. You know what? I just got back, and you know what? I'm going to take full ownership and uh, of what just happened there because I, in my brilliance, you know, as as I'm sitting logged in, was like, oh, without even thinking, hey, my results might be. I, I noticed that I'm logged in, and it's actually by a client account, not my own. But I'm like, oh, okay, I just noticed I'm logged into Google. Let me just sign out. Well, guess what? You? <laughs> so, my apologies to all of our listeners and, and, uh, and Brasco and Jim, to you guys too. I just totally wasn't thinking until I realized I was no longer on the air. Uh,
1: well, uh, just to uh, let Mark out in Radio Land know, Dave has not been abducted. Unless, of course, <laughs> this is the replacement that the aliens put in his place. I don't know. I'm not there but i heard it somewhere but <laughs> on that dave welcome back unfortunately we got to take a quick break here on webcollege on cranberry.fm so on behalf of the person we suspect to be dave the person who we suspect to be Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing. This is probably Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You are definitely definitely listening to Upcology on Cranberry.fm and we're almost certainly gonna be back after these messages.
0: Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehildevelopment.com. Looking for a white label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics and mobile site generators. eBrands. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio, it's it's good for you. Really. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Web Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 25th of August, 2016. I'm Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And, uh, earlier this week, Dave, uh... SEOs were hit yet again by another removal of somewhat critical information from Google. Google went and changed their Keyword Planner. They uh, removed a whole bunch of information from Keyword Planner, and they told the rest of us to pretty much deal with it. Has that affected you at all?
0: Um, It's making everything more inconvenient. It's the best, yeah. Um, but yeah, to 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 me, what I'm playing is is basically they've taken some problems that they've had in the past and sort of accentuating them seems to be the big the big problem. Um, is that we're not getting as much data as quickly, so you're having to sort of do more and more searches and, and more and more. Basically, you're having to do a lot more work to get the same data. Um, I don't exactly what their answer was that it's preventing bots and other services from from abusing them I, I don't really understand what like removing the keywords it's like yes this is a like i mean originally like we're going back like i don't know 80 years now or something like that removing that keyword data quote unquote for security it's like well that's a way to do it yeah <laughs> right? but um you know at the same time it's not most it's not the only way, and there were ways they could have done that um, and managed to maintain the, the the data that we were all collecting. So you want to stop bots, yes, this is a way, but it's not the only way. And really, at the end of the day, you're just not minding removing this data from us. So that's fine. fine. Well, Let's call a spade a spade here, though.
1: <laughs> As it turns out, Google's reasoning, according to John Mueller at any rate, was bots outside of their traditional APIs... Bots were scraping the content, slowing down the uh, servers that, that ran Keyword Planner, and just you know, generally being annoying layabouts in, inside the Google ecosystem. Yeah, Many of the tools that were using data from Keyword Planner, Planner are still delivering full data. So the uh, companies like, say, Ahrefs or Majestic that were already pulling this data legally through the advanced programming interface, the API. That's cool. They're not affected. They're still delivering uh, full data sets to their users. But either individuals who were uh, scraping Keyword Planner with their own bots or companies that hadn't entered into a uh, the depths of, uh, of the agreement that uh, many of the firms that were familiar with... They were using bots and apparently slowing everything out. And so Google just basically cut it off. But yeah, Dave, I remember when they limited keyword data because of personal security. Um, so, you know, just because Google says it don't mean it's true, right?
0: <laughs> no, indeed. And I mean, I you know what, I'm for the most part, I'm pretty fortunate. I mentioned it on this show. I'm a big fan um, of the Moz keyword tool like it launched I don't know, a couple months ago or something like that um, I find it really handy it just adjusts the numbers for organic but where I have been having some some problems here is based on old data which was being pulled and when I'm trying to compare apples to apples um, I, I'm not getting the same same information that I but I used to so when I'm looking back at, at back keyword data um, you know that, that I might have saved from from the Google's keyword planner and, and trying to trying to look at it now it's it's just it, it's a bit like pulling teeth but <laughs> um you know so so be it i guess and you know it, it's inconvenient but you know what it's it's the data we've got and they get to control it so there we are
1: i'm glad you mentioned moz it uh reminded me of that the little note that i've had sitting on the on the side of my uh show script hiremoz.com uh, Dave, you weren't, you weren't around last week for the stunning news, uh, Moz laying off 28% of its workforce, mostly from the uh, community division, mm-hmm. uh, and so that they could focus on search and on you know, developing stronger tool sets for, for SEOs to use. Well, that's great, by the way. You know, we, we all want a stronger Moz and stronger tools and such, but that left nearly 30% of their workforce out of work. This being the SEO industry. The, um, and again, led by the great Rhea Drysdale. Um, the SEO community seems to be trying to close rank around these people. There's a website out there, HireMoz.com. And, uh, you know, like employers, if you're looking for Crackerjack developers, people who are great community managers, people who are uh, excellent uh, uh, UX testers, etc. This is a pool of incredibly highly trained people. Check there. Yeah, do, do all the stuff you normally do for hiring, but make HireMoz.com part of what you normally do for hiring.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good call. That's a good that call. A, um, yeah, yeah, and it's not that they were laying off for, for serious problems. They're just, as you called it, they're just refocusing. It's not these people were unskilled. They just were changing what they were doing and, and some of the sections had to be shut down and um, oh yeah and now it was, we've got it was through no fault of their own like, of the market I imagine, of already, uh, I imagine some of them are already I <laughs> imagine some of them are already some of them are already out I, of the mix of people I really hope, there, so. But, uh, I uh, I hope so I absolutely so
1: it's important to remember none of these people got fired because they did a bad job. They got fired because of you know business issues. So yeah. um, I just want to get that in there. Hire hire Moz H H I-R-E-M-O-Z dot com. Check out the website. Use the hashtag, hashtag HireMoz. Let's get some of these really great people back in the workforce again. We've got time for one more. And Dave, um, this was a weird one, and this is, this is definitely up your alley. Neural network spotted deep inside Samsung phones? What the heck?
0: Yeah, I mean, I love this. Um, but of course, you know I I, I like neural networks. I I, I'm, I own a Samsung S7, <laughs> so or, um, or basically their their chip architecture has been a bit of a mystery. Samsung's finally revealed it, and I you know can't get into all the details of that that's sort of covered in it. But what they're talking about there is that they've actually got part of it, part of the architecture in there is basically this chip that creates or, or is a neural network. Um, basically what it does is it sits there and it learns how your computer works with the various applications. So rather than trying to build an operating system and build an architecture that goes, I can handle anything, they've put this chip in there that will learn what it needs to handle. So it's not having to brute force data when it's necessary and it's not having to deal with too much or too little. It's actually learning over time what different applications are doing. Um, And so it's able to allocate resources really, really quickly uh, and and efficiently in different directions. So when you're launching Hearthstone or Pokemon Go or whatever, the game, it understands where those resources need to go. These are going to be display-heavy programs, whereas if you're just launching Facebook or something, it's going to be launching different things, and it understands immediately how to start to – or it learns – um, how it's going to need to direct those ones and zeros, how it's going to need to direct resources for maximum battery power, maximum efficiency of your machine. It's really, really neat. It's the first time I've seen anything like this on such a, a, a tiny, tiny scale.
1: Indeed. Uh, do you the, the, Where this is going in the future is going to be most interesting. Unfortunately, uh, we're down to less than a minute, so we won't have time to discuss that, but... People might be a little wary about what they say in or around their Samsung phones. Remember what happened with their TVs, right? Okay, on that, I can hear the background music getting ready to play in the background. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on cranberry.fm on the 25th of August, 2016. Go enjoy the rest of summer. And we'll be back here same time next week.
0: The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited.